Chapter 2 of Zadig, or The Book of Fate, by Voltaire. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Grace Buchanan. The Nose One day, Azora, as she was just returned home from taking a short country airing, threw herself into a violent passion and swelled with invectives. "'What in God's name, my dear,' said Zadig, "'has thus ruffled your temper? "'What can be the meaning of all these warm exclamations?' "'Alas,' said she, "'you would have been disgusted as much as I am "'had you been an eyewitness of that scene of female falsehood "'as I was yesterday. "'I went, you must know, to visit the disconsolate widow Kosru, "'who had been these two days erecting a monument "'to the memory of her young deceased husband "'near the brook that runs on one side of her meadow.' She made the most solemn bow in the height of her affliction, never to stir from that tomb as long as ever that rivulet took its usual course. Well, and wherein, pray, said Zadig, is the good woman so much to blame? Is it not an incontestable mark of her superior merit and conjugal affection? But Zadig, said Azora, was you to know how her thoughts were employed when I made my visit. You'd never forget or forgive her. Pray, my dearest Azora, what then was she about? Why, the creature, said Azora, was studying, to be sure, to find out ways and means to turn the current of the river. As Zora, in short, harangued so long and was so big with her invectives against the young widow that her too affected, vain show of virtue gave Zadig a secret disgust. Zadig had an intimate friend, one Cador by name, whose spouse was perfectly honest and had, in reality, a greater regard for him than all mankind besides. This friend, Zadig, made his confidant and bound him to keep a project of his entirely a secret by a promise of some valuable token of his respect. Azora had been visiting a female companion for two days together in the country and on the third was returning home. No sooner, however, was she in sight of the house, but the servants ran to meet her with tears in their eyes and told her that their master died suddenly the night before, that they durstn't carry her the doleful tidings, but were going to bury Zadig in the sepulchre of his ancestors at the bottom of the garden. She burst into a flood of tears, tore her hair, and vowed to die by his side. As soon as it was dark, young Cador came and begged the favor of being introduced to the widow. He was so, and they wept together very cordially. 
Next day the storm was somewhat abated, and they dined together. Cador informed her that his friend had left him the much greater part of his effects, and gave her to understand that he should think himself the happiest creature in the world if she would condescend to be his partner in that demise. The widow wept, sobbed, and began to melt. More time was spent in supper than at dinner. They discoursed together with a little more freedom. As Zora was lavish of her enconiums on Sadig. But then, twas true, she said, he had some secret infirmities to which Cador was a stranger. In the midst of their midnight entertainment, Cador all on a sudden complained that he was taken with a most violent pleuritic fit and was ready to swoon away. Our lady, being extremely concerned and over-officious, flew to her closet of cordials and brought down everything she could think of that might be of service on this emergent occasion. She was extremely sorry that the famous Hermes was gone from Babylon and condescended to lay her warm hand upon the part affected in which he felt such an agonizing pain. Pray, sir, said she, in a soft, languishing tone, are you subject to this tormenting malady? Sometimes, madam, said Cador, so strong that they bring me almost to death's door, and there is but one thing can infallibly cure me, and that is the application of a dead man's nose to the part affected. An odd remedy, truly, said Azora. Not stranger, madam, said he, than the great Arnons. There was at this time in Babylon a famous doctor named Arnon, who both cured apoplectic fits and prevented them from affecting his patients, as was frequently advertised in the gazettes, by a little never-failing purse that he hung round their necks, infallible apoplectic necklaces. This assurance of success, together with Cador's personal merit, determined Azora in his favor. After all, said she, when my husband shall be about to cross the bridge Chimavar, from this world of yesterday to the other of tomorrow, will the angel Azrael, think you, make any scruple about his passage should his nose prove something shorter in the next life than twas in this? She would venture, however, and taking up a sharp razor, repaired to her husband's tomb, watered it first with her tears, and then intended to perform the innocent operation as he lay extended 
breathless as she thought in his coffin. Zadig mounted in a moment, secured his nose with one hand and the incision knife with the other. Madam, said he, never more exclaim against the widow Kosru. The scheme for cutting my nose off was much closer laid than hers, of throwing the river into a new channel. End of chapter two. The Nose. Recording by Grace Buchanan.